So welcome to the next episode of the Can Marketing Save the Planet podcast. And today, Gemma and I are delighted to be joined by Nicholas Lambert, expert, lecturer and author in the field of marketing and sustainability. Nicholas, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Michelle. Hi, uh, Gemma. And thanks a lot for uh, having me today. Fantastic. So let's kick things off with a bit of an introduction to yourself and the work you are championing in the sustainable marketing landscape. And indeed, the the way we kind of came to know one another um, was due to the title of your book, which you can talk about. So, um, so introduce yourself and, uh, and and let's, uh, let's get a bigger understanding of the work that you're doing. Yes, indeed. I mean, a few months ago, I, 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 I launched a book uh, called "Can Marketing Save the World?" So it was, and it's a total yeah. coincidence. I actually, you know, uh, I'm ashamed to say that I didn't know your um, your your podcast. But then, of course, I mean, um, I, I I came across it, and it was a a good way to you know uh, speak to each other, to introduce each other. Exactly. Uh, now, um, I, I I wrote that book, which is all about you know marketing and sustainability, and you know what about that topic. Um, yeah. And um, and that's a little bit of a result of my you know professional experience. I, I started working for big marketing-driven companies like you know Unilever and uh, Heineken and so on. Part of it in the UK, uh, by the way, uh, in marketing. And then I, I worked in a, in an advertising agency. And then I I, I actually fell in love with um, with an organization uh, which you know very well in the UK, which is called Fairtrade. Yes. Uh, and I I became the the director of that organization in Belgium, and I, I did that for six years. And so, you know, for the mo- world of marketing, I ended up being in a world of, of sustainability and of uh, what I would call really hard sustainability. You know, it's not yeah. conceptual sustainability. It's really being in in the forefront with uh, farmers and um, and producers organization in Africa and Latin America, understanding their life, understanding the the... the you know the, the 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 challenges they face. Uh, you know, for them, for instance, climate change is is yeah. is not a concept. I mean, they they're living it every day. Okay. Um, and I spent six years in that organization, which I still uh, I'm, I'm still in love with the organization. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a great uh, a, a great organization and a great cause. Uh, and then you know somebody said, well, you know something about marketing. You know something about sustainability. Now, so what about you know exploring that topic? So hence the book. And I'm also, um, you know, heading the, the think tank about marketing and sustainability for the, in the Belgian Association of Marketing. Uh, Wim Vermeulen, whom you know, and who yes. was a, uh, of your podcast, is, is a member. So we know each other very well as well. Amazing. So your book is uh, an invitation to marketers to be be more proactive and, and propositional when it comes to sustainability. And that is a cause that Michelle and I have been championing since we wrote um, our first book, Sustainable Marketing. Um, Rather than, I guess, follow what the CSR department are doing or wait for the sustainability department to, you know, fix things for us, which is not going to happen because we can't do this alone. Um, Can we just talk about that aspect and that sort of angle that you've brought in there around your book? Yes, I... um... The, the the first thing I I I did is and it, it sounds obvious, but uh, the first thing I'm saying is that well, let's just recognize that marketing and sustainability they are two very different topics. One is about you know harmonizing the relationship between the, let's say the company and its 
clients, customers, uh, consumers. And the, the other one is about harmonizing the relationship between the company and, and society, the planet, and so on. So these are two things um, that are not the same. And you should recognize that because a lot of people, especially in marketing, they, they tend to kind of mix up things a little bit. Um, but then it's not because they're not the same that they, they shouldn't work together. They need yeah. to work together and they have a lot to bring to, to each other. No, what's happening and definitely in continental Europe is that because you have a lot of new uh, legislation coming in, sustainability is very often seen as a kind of constraint, as something you have to comply to. Uh, is often driven from, you know, uh, the highest level of the organization, which is good, and, and, and from the, the CSR department with, a, with very much a kind of, a, you know, compliance um, aspect. And I think, well, on one hand, yes, great. Eh? I mean, it's, it's good that these things happen. Um, but it's, it's also a huge missed opportunity because uh, I think considering the challenge that we are facing as, um, you know, as, humanity yep. uh, and and the shift that needs to happen the very profound very deep shift that needs to happen in uh, our economy um, we need to completely reinvent the way uh, we do uh, we do business and you know in order to do that you need marketeers uh, you need people to reinvent the solutions we bring to people the solutions product services uh, we bring to people and to be honest, no one else than marketeers can do that. Um, we need to reinvent completely the whole relationship we have to consumption. And that is, by essence, a marketing a marketing topic. So, indeed, yes, my goal is to say, hey, marketeers, don't take that as a kind of constraint. Yeah. Take that as an invitation to reinvent the way, uh, to reinvent the world almost yeah. and to reinvent the way we do um, we do business because only you can do that because we need... The business understanding that marketers have, we need the imagination, we need the creativity, we need the ability to mobilize people, to tell motivating stories. Uh, we need empathy. Um, I'm always saying uh, marketing is the is the management science of empathy, uh, and we need deep empathy if we want to, you know, take humanity and our economy through this uh, massive change that we are facing. Yeah, I like that, that marketing is that management of, of that empathy. Um, I, I mean, that, that and also uh, you position marketing very much in, in alignment with, uh, with Gemma and I's positioning and our experience that marketing works across the entire value chain of an organization. So I love this idea, this simple concept of marketing being the engine. Um, within the organization, naturally communicating with those other departments anyway. And, but also, we often talk about, you know, we have a model which we call the inside outside. And, and, and as you rightly say, marketing is not just looking at what's going on within that organization, the products, the services, the innovations, the culture um, of all of that, the people, the partnerships that are happening inside, but also that on the outside as well, like you said, to looking after the all the very different elements of consumption, whether that's the brand, whether that's customer insights, whether that's what people are thinking, whether that's innovations, whether that's what your competitors are up to. And so there is that wonderful, you know, being this engine, this facilitator inside, but also being this engine on the outside as well, kind of, uh, you know, marrying that element into the organization with the outside world. So um, have you got 
got examples of how that is working in in the real world? Is it working in the real world? Well, I think if we want this to work, and and I like your idea of you know marketing being this kind of almost uh, point of connection with the outside world. Yeah. I, I think the the the, um, the opportunity we have as marketers is to broaden the scope of interaction. You know, traditionally marketing has been about interacting with consumers, customers. Uh, but in doing that and optimizing everything in function of that, huh? uh, and, and companies are very proud to say that they are customer-driven companies. Um, but then that creates a, that creates a huge blind spot because that's just you know the customers and the consumer is is a, is a very important stakeholder, but it's only one stakeholder. Yes. Uh, you know, society at large. Yes. Uh, the planets. Uh, yeah. you know, I don't know NGOs. They are also uh, very governments. Yeah. They're also equally important stakeholders. And I think that my, my call is a little bit to reinvent marketing and broaden the scope of marketing. And, and one of the, the companies I work with um, is uh, they've changed the name of the marketing department and they now call themselves Marketics, oh. uh, which, I, which I like, uh, which is saying we're not only about this relationship with consumers, we're about the relationship with you know, all stakeholders, um, and they're, they're a, of course, big Belgian, they're a chocolate company. Uh, and so also, you know, the whole aspect of, um, that, that is close to my heart, of the relationship with cocoa uh, producers, cocoa yes. customers, is also part of their remit. And so it's about harmonizing this relationship, not only with customers, um, but also with, you know, other very important stakeholders. Yep. Um, and and I, I really very often now use this notion of marketics, which is a new way of, you know, approaching, approaching and broadening the scope of marketing to the point where you could almost wonder if it's still marketing. But, uh, but I think this is where we should, uh, we should go. And in, uh, in my, in, in my book, I call that the, 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 uh, sorry for, for my French, but the, the, you will understand the ménage à trois. Uh, yes. Which is, uh, I know is a, a French uh, expression you use in, uh, in English, uh, which is basically, you know, trying to juggle this relation, the, 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 in, the best interest of the company, the best interest creating value for consumers, but also creating value for society uh, yes. at large. And I think that should be at the core of uh, what marketing do. Now, that sounds like a very nice story. And, Hopefully it is. But in, if you want to be successful in, in doing that, you need also to recognize the underlying tensions in a, you know, a ménage à trois is, I yeah. heard, yes. uh, often one when there is a little bit of tension. Um, and, <laughs> and there is also a tension in this, in this relationship because sometimes what consumers want is not necessarily what is the most sustainable solution. And yeah. so it becomes a lot about you know, how you manage this relationship, how you manage this tension, and how you again uh, use your uh, your empathy and your creativity to find solutions that are you know suitable for uh, for everyone. Because there's a lot there's a lot changing in the operating landscape, isn't there? What you know, and and that is because of the point we've reached now in terms of of climate change and biodiversity loss. So Paris Climate Agreement, the UN SDGs, and all of these things are things that Michelle and I often talk about. You know that it's no longer a case of it's not something I need to know about. Marketers absolutely need to know that these things are happening. Whilst they don't need to be experts in the Paris Climate Agreement, the SDGs, 
um, and, and things like that. They do need to have an awareness that they're happening because over time they will fundamentally start to change how businesses operate, won't they? And we're already starting to see some of that happening. And you mentioned regulation and legislation, and we know that that is changing rapidly and reporting um, the need to report as well around uh, climate actions from 2024. How is this impacting organisations in the EU? Because I know that there's the EU Green Deal and there's elements, the EU Green Claims Directive as well. But currently, all member states have their own kind of versions of whether they're guidelines or their regulations, aren't they? And then they'll have a certain amount of time to bring these in. But We've seen lots and lots of updates, um, which are kind of mirroring what's happening in the UK as well. So how are they being received by organisations in the EU? Well, I guess it's, it's, um, it, it, it depends. Um, I think mostly, and um, especially smaller organisations, and, and it's understandable, they see that a lot as a constraint. You know, some organisations, we see that as an opportunity and say, well, great, you know, this is a this is a call to reinvent ourselves, or we're already doing it anyway. So it's a you know we we have a, a kind of a, um, of, of step ahead um, yeah. compared to the others. But a lot of organisations see it um, see it see it as a as a as a kind of constraint, which is no bad thing. I mean, it's one way of you know uh, creating a level playing field and and making sure that things are uh, are really moving. Um, but again, my 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 call, I guess, is to say, you know, rather than seeing that as a as a as a constraint, how can you see this kind of call for change as as a way to really reinvent yourself? And to I, I was speaking last week uh, as an activist uh, with one of the Belgian's largest companies. Um, I will not name the name. I promise I wouldn't. Um, and they are, they, they, are making incredible claims in terms of, um, of, uh, how they want to behave in terms of sustainability. Uh, and indeed they are doing really good things. Uh, but that's driven by the, the CSR, uh, department. And then their marketing practices, you know, the, what, the way they do advertising, the, the promotional actions and so on is totally in line with that. Um, you know, they, they, Giving away a lot of free stuff and uh, and you know pushing really people into into overconsumption and so on, and it's like guys, I mean there is there is a disconnect here and uh, and then of course and I understand that uh, because we've I guess all been in in marketing positions we know the the pressure you get from you know shareholders and so on so I understand but I'm saying well look. Yeah, I understand that you need short term to deliver the market share and the volumes and the profit and so on. But can you think further into, you know, new business models that will both drive uh, uh, business, but will, you know, get you out of this stupid rat race where, you know, at the end of the day, no one benefits. Uh, yeah. Consumers don't really benefit because you, you're just pushing products they don't really need on their throat. Uh, you don't really benefit because you, you're, you're in a stupid arms race with your competitors and it's a it's a zero sum game, uh, really, uh, and and obviously society and the planet are really not benefiting. So how again can we use the power of our creativity and imagination to uh, to reinvent that? And and you know why not gain a competitive advantage out of it? And and it was quite encouraging because the the, the CMO of that company, I at least I had a feeling it was it was kind of a bit of it was going an in. eye opener. 
for yeah. him to say, hey, this is not only a constraint that I, and I have to do that because my CSR and my CEO is telling me, but actually that there might be something into it that, uh, that basically all stakeholders benefit from. Yeah. And, and again, that comes back to that word empathy, doesn't it? That element of, I mean, we, we talk about putting a responsible lens on every single marketing activity that you do, looking through it through a different filter and asking these empathetic questions, you know, these, these questions that are, is that good for the people? Is that right? Should we be doing it that way? How is this driving positive change and influence or or are we just telling the same old story and driving the same old behaviors so so i think it it helps us to as marketers to look through a different lens and and ask a whole new set of questions and it's interesting because on this on this podcast i think you know this, we've done 66 67 68 you know we pre-record some of these you know we've, we've been speaking to a lot of wonderful people over the the years now on, on on around this challenge and this challenge of the tension of who we are and what we do versus what we can do mm. and how we can repurpose it's not you know it, there's this element of do we need to rethink marketing or does just marketing need to evolve does marketing just naturally need to transition as the business landscape transitions and of course it does because everything moves on everything evolves and so and so this is this is really the the reality check isn't it of thinking we can't carry on doing what we were doing before we know that that isn't sustainable from a success perspective, mm, sure. you know, not just from an environmental perspective. It's not sustainable. We can't just keep doing that. So so this this change needs to happen when you're speaking to CMOs and you said, oh, I spoke there and I felt like we were getting through. I felt like we were getting through. Are you surprised that there are so many that aren't thinking that things need to transition? Yeah, it really depends. You know, I mean, it's like there is no average consumer. There's no average uh, CMO or brand manager or marketing manager or marketing director. Uh, so it really depends company from company. But generally, I'm, what you see is that people in the marketing community, there is an awareness of, uh, yes, indeed, there is something happening and things need to change. Um, on the one hand, there is what I miss sometimes is the, the sense of urgency. Uh, so what I feel is that people, yeah, they know that things should change, but they don't really realize how deep the crisis is and how urgent things are. So they're more into kind of incremental thinking of let's do things slightly better. Um, so that for me is something really that I, that I'm missing, uh, the sense of urgency, because you need that if yeah. you really want to question things profoundly and, 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 and dramatically. And again, I'm saying on average, uh, some people have yes, it. Yes, 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 of course. On average, I, I, I miss a little bit this sense of urgency. And uh, so there's, there's, there's really a kind of education things that need to, to happen. Uh, and again, it's empathy. Eh? It's not about saying these people are bad, they don't understand, no. they're bad people, uh, they want to kill the planet. It's just that they are human beings and they, you know, we all need to learn and to, and it's really difficult to grasp, you know, this, this complete, uh, you know, revolution that needs to uh, to happen, and then what I see as well is that um, they just don't know where to start. Yeah, 
Um, so it's like, yeah, I, I, I get it, but but help me, you know. Um, and then people, I, you know, there's a lot of criticism about greenwashing, and and sometimes rightly so. My kind of theory about greenwashing is that most of the time it's not because of cynicism of companies. It's not because companies want really to be seen as better than they are and they are just manipulative and so on. I think people are just being clumsy. I think people don't have, they, they have a lack of knowledge, you know, yeah. of what is going on and knowledge of, about, you know, how to talk about it. And then they apply kind of old, let's say, traditional marketing tricks yeah. to sustainable consumption, to sustainability, and that doesn't work. And then they are very surprised. I've talked to people who've been heavily criticized uh, about uh, about greenwashing. And when you speak to them, they, they just, they don't get it. They, they're surprised. So I think there's, um, again, uh, um, empathy also with the marketing community is needed to understand, to, to kind of helping people to understand the, 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 the issues uh, and also to give them the, um, the tools to uh, to do something about it. I, I have done it available free on to download on my website and the English version. And it's very simple and it's called 14 levers for, you know, making marketing more sustainable. And it's, yeah. it's just, <clears throat> you know, 14 things you can do, you know, on your product, on your pricing strategy, on your communication, things you can do practically, practically. to, you know, go towards, and it's, it can be very strategic, like completely reviewing your business model, yeah. or it can be, you know, very, you know, plain, like making sure you carry the right values through your uh, through your communication. But I, I did that because I realized that people they're willing, but often they don't. They just don't know where to start. So there again, I think that's and 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 thank you actually for doing what you do because. That's what we need to do. We need to help people. Uh, it's easy to criticize and say that companies are bad and uh, marketing is is horrible and so on. But basically, I have a belief that pe most people, the vast majority of people, they want to do good. Uh, they want to save the world and the planet, yep. uh, but they just don't know where to start. And we need to uh, to encourage them to to empower them also to, uh, yes. to do it. So I guess you know it can it can be as simple sometimes, can't it, as as being marketing as a cross-functional function within an organization to take that time to go and speak to the CSR department or the sustainability department or go and speak to the operations team about what's happening in the supply chain and, and just have some conversations to start off with, isn't it? To get that conversation going within your organization can really bring a lot more people along at pace and, and drive change. If if market if marketer decides that they're going to go away and have some conversations, they're going to, you know, have a look at your your framework and and look at those those fourteen levers that you can do to make marketing more sustainable. How how do you think marketers can kind of overcome the potential hurdle of building the business case that they then take you know to to their senior leadership team? Because every organisation is on a different part of their sustainability journey, and they some are terrified to even look at it because of the time, the resource, the cost that it's going to take to fundamentally change their business. Others are, you know, somewhere along the line, they're doing good, but they're doing bad because, you know, let's face it, there's no 100% way to be sustainable. You're always yeah. going to have an impact. And then there are your social impact companies who are born out of doing good yeah. and they are just there at the forefront. So I think that there's, 
we get asked this question all the time and we like to ask our guests all this question is how, how do you build the business case and what's some what's some of your advice there well it's it's <clears throat> again it's not an easy one um it's really not an easy one and it depends really a lot on the the kind of industry you are um and i think if you're you know let's face it if you're in the um, airline industry or uh uh, you know, if you're a BP or Shell, it's probably really not easy. I wouldn't like to be a marketeer. And I, that's what I say in my book. You know, honestly, <clears throat> if you, you know, being a marketeer and being propositional in sustainability in that kind of company, I'm, I'm not sure you should stay in the company. Um, but these are extreme examples, of course. Yeah. Huh? Um, so, and, 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 and obviously it starts at the, at the, at the top. I mean, if there's no real willingness from, you know, the C-suite, the CEO and, 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 and more even from the, from the, from the owners, the shareholders, then, then it's obviously going to be difficult. Um, but again, that's where imagination comes into play. And that's where, again, that's why I, I think the, the marketeers are, are holding the key which is to get out of this kind of linear thinking, the basic black-white thinking of this costs money, so either you have to you know, raise prices or lose profit, or but how can you be, you know, turn that, give that a different spin of saying, hey, no, because we can do things differently, and that can be actually a source of value. Um, and, you know, at Fairtrade, that's what we are doing with our customers, because, you know, when you're selling Fairtrade uh, to companies, you come... To them, and you say, well, basically, you're going to to buy the same the same stuff, but you're going to pay more for it because you give more to the farmers, um, and so which is not an easy sell. And so the whole thing is about, okay, how can we then create value together uh, out of that? Uh, how can we make sure this uh, will feed into the the story of your brand? What is your positioning? Okay, this could be a good way to in, to enhance it. I mean, it's just a very simple example, but again. Trying to get out of this kind of um, binary thing of it's a cost and then and then because you get stuck very quickly. Yeah. But more about how can you really see it as an opportunity? I, I've seen, uh, for instance, uh, Selfridges in the UK saying that you know they want fifty percent of their business to come out something else than you know selling new stuff in buy. Yep. I don't know why. I mean, Where this is great yeah. because this is yeah. opening new business lines, new business opportunities. I hope it will work. I don't know if it will work. But but again, I mean, you're, you're talking something completely different. Yeah. Um, and you're at the forefront rather than being on your back foot, you know, dealing with costs and constraints. Yes. Um, and also, you know, and, and I'm not talking about greenwashing yeah, or manipulation, but but I think the way you package things, and again, that's something marketers are very good at, you know, telling a, telling a very good motivating uh, story, talking to people's heart, you yes. know, externally, your customers, your stakeholders, but also internally to, to really mobilize people behind the, behind the, behind the story. And, and, and again, I mean, I don't know if marketing will save the world, but we will not save the world without marketing that I'm, I'm no. moving. No. It, it, I mean, it's it's keeping a pace with the landscape that we are in and seeking out the opportunity, you know, understanding the opportunity. And, and, and that's what, you know, Gemma, I say, you, let's use our creativity, our skills, our influence for good, because good business is good for business. And there are studies after study and organisation after organisations that, that, that will say, you know, this 
changed, when we changed our focus, we were surprised. We were surprised mm. that we were actually creating what we thought we were doing something out of regulation. It actually became a cost, you know, a profit center. And actually, yeah. we've now plowed more information. I love that. I think it was Canon printers that they they had to think of another way because it was costing them too much money to to um, manage the waste. And yeah. so instead, they turned it into a repair, recycle. And then that became actually a very profitable Absolutely. arm of the business. Yeah. And now, you know, they plowed more into that. And, and, and these things kind of turn around and, and, and change. So, so there's opportunity, isn't there, to look for the opportunity. Um, and that's what marketers need to be doing. And, and, and I agree with you, of course, Nicholas, with regards to it's important, you know, if it's going to be easier, if the senior leadership and the shareholders and the owners of the business get it and have an appetite to do that. But I think it's also incumbent on marketers to be educated. If that isn't the case, I think marketers also need to be doing those insights Look, look at what our competitors are doing. Look at not just what our competitors are doing, but look at what these pace setters are doing and look at the opportunities yeah. that they're creating by doing it this way. We're not even looking in that direction and we really need to be because if we don't, we're, we're going to become one of those. Yeah, sure. And traditionally, I mean, marketers have been always a driver of change in, in companies yes. because, because being connected, being the point of connection to the, uh, to the outside world, by definition, you will be the people who drive change. And, yeah. you know, and of course, I mean, and it's, it makes sense. Huh? Uh, yes. People in the supply chain, they will be maybe a bit more resistant because they have to, you know, they're managing costs and, and, and heavy machinery and, and, and so on. So, um, so yes, I mean, again, and that's why really uh, marketing as we said, needs to be more proposition. I was speaking with the with the head of sustainability of a, a very large uh, food company in uh, in Belgium, and she was uh, telling me, "Well, look, in terms of sustainability, I've done all I could do. Uh, I've done. If I want to go further now, I need to take marketing and sales on board." Uh, and I thought it was really interesting because uh, she just realizes that. If, if that doesn't come also from them, from the kind of bottom up, rethinking the way we do things, rethinking the way we think about our products, the way we sell it, the way we distribute them, that there's only so much we can do. So, um, uh, so I, I think there's a lot, again, there's a lot of opportunity. And it's, I also think it's extremely exciting. Very, very exciting. You know, it can completely redefine, you know, your, your job from, you know, Gaining this additional uh, 1.2% of market share to really, you know, reinventing completely business models in ways that are going to to benefit society. I mean, how how exciting is that? And it's a journey, isn't it? It's. A, I think some people have uh, uh, t- kind of taken the assumption if you're gonna if you're gonna go down as you know follow a sustainable agenda that you need to do it really really quickly. Uh, otherwise, you'll get accused of greenwashing and you can't talk about the good stuff because you're still doing the bad stuff. And there, there's that whole argument around. It's about being transparent. It's about saying we're on a journey like everybody else. Uh, these are the things we're doing really well. And these are the things that we are prioritizing. And then we know we've got a lot of work to do with these other things. And then talking about your progress. So many organizations don't talk about their progress, do they? On, a, on an ongoing basis, they they talk about it once a year in their annual sustainability report, then they might not hit a target. So they decide they're not going to talk about that one anymore. Yeah, I think, 
often honesty is your best policy uh, and especially in sustainability. But that as well is a complete culture change for marketeers. Look at what we've done for, you know, probably starting in the 50s. I mean, yeah. we've been obsessed by taking, you know, marginal product benefits because let's be honest, huh? I mean, it's very, it doesn't happen very often that you have yeah. a product that is so much better than the one of your competition. Yeah. Uh, and we take marginal benefits and then we blow them up into uh, incredible yeah. things like, you know, saying, you know, your razor is the best a man can get. Or yeah. Yeah. Saying things like impossible is nothing when you just, you know, selling t-shirts and, and running shoes and so on. So yeah. we have this culture of we take small things and then based on that, uh, we, 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 we tell to the world we, 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 we're the best. And, and and that doesn't work anymore in uh, when you when you talk about sustainability because you're not telling people about you know a marginal benefit they will get out of your product you're telling people about you know uh, their future and the future of the planet and the future of the children and that's that's you know that's serious um, that's serious stuff so there again there's a huge culture uh, change to, uh, to, uh, to 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 be done and. I think the ones that are genuinely honest about, uh, you know, what they're, uh, what they're doing, um, are the ones, I think that's the best policy. But then you also have to be consistent, huh? because if you, it's okay to say one thing, to say that you failed on something. It's what you do. You know, if you, if you consistently always fail on all your promises, then you, you end up having a bigger problem, uh, as well. Huh? But that's, but that's again a, a, a real revolution uh, in terms of how you think, and also admitting, for instance, that you're not going to solve things yourself uh, on your own. That's something I learned at Fairtrade, yeah. um, and I've uh, the way we, we we talk to the press in Belgium, for instance, is always saying, "Well, look, I think I think we're great and we're doing good stuff, and we're very proud of what we're doing." But you know, that's not going as such going to solve all the issues. And that's only going to work if we all do this together. We also need, you know, other industry uh, people to do it. We need other NGOs to act. We need governments to act in, you know, in Europe and in producing countries. And only by doing all that is this going to work. We're not the kind of silver bullet that solves every problem. Uh, and by the way, this, for instance, is something we haven't solved yet and we're just working on it. And please help us. Yeah. And, and, and my experience doing this has been very positive with the press because it gives you credibility and, and it's, it starts also very interesting dynamics and dialogue where, yeah. you know, it's not about being selfish and saying you're the best. It's about, you know, op, you know, being, being also a bit, um, but you saw that vulnerable. Yeah. Showing your vulnerability and saying, hey guys, yeah. I mean, look, it's we as humanity uh, are facing an issue. We think we're a great organization and we'll do our best to do it, but please help us. Please let's do this together. Please, please let's, you know, call to uh, doing a call to your call to your competitors, doing a call to governments and, uh, and being humble is saying that you're, you're going to do your, your utmost best, but you're not going to solve everything yourself. So, but culturally, this is, um, you know, when you come from, you know, I've worked in these, these big multinational companies where it's always about being the best and the best of the yeah. best, showing only you the good thing you do. Yeah. Culturally, this is a huge, uh, a huge change. It is, isn't it? And it's, it's kind of, you know, it's often likened to digital transformation, you know, in some ways, in as much as, you know, we all need to get our heads around the fact that this is enormous. And, and for me, the digital transformation was less about the tech and more about the, 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 
opening the door of an organization to the outside world because here were connected technologies that made organizations very visible and therefore very vulnerable from everybody because as you mentioned earlier in the conversation you know there are organizations that that position themselves as being very customer driven and customer centric but but over the years in reality, most organizations have done everything to cut the customer out in, in the transaction and just and just broadcast to the customer. That's what marketing has been for many, many years. We're just one direction and, and we're going to talk and we're just going to broadcast out. And of course, what connected technologies did was open up the door of that organization to make them very visible, very vulnerable, and have to be very accountable and authentic and transparent about who they are, what they were doing, what they were saying. Because if they didn't, and if they got it wrong, there was an enormous backlash and brand reputation could be squashed in literally minutes. And so from that perspective, I see the similarities of sustainability as well. But it's it's not about the process. It's about this opening the door to society to say, we're a good business. We're doing the right thing. We've got good principles. We are doing all that we need to be doing to save humanity. And there is, I think, an enormous challenge there culturally and actually practically for many organizations, because that's total change. That's total transformation for many organizations. I mean, and, and, and there's the enormity. Yeah, and that is very. Um, that is very. I, I I spoke to a professor at one of the business schools here in in Belgium, and she specialized in really management. You know, uh, human aspect of managing organizations, and uh, she said the management of sustainability in companies is uh, about learning to dance with paradoxes. Um, and I love this. Uh, and I, I often say also, it's about. You know, how do you manage ambiguity? Uh, because it's always ambiguous. Uh, because you're still in the kind of old world yeah. and you're kind of trying to transition to this new world, which nobody is quite clear uh, how, what it is entirely. You know, the kind of general direction is clear, but not exactly what, what, what it will look like. And you have to be able to handle uh, both, uh, to handle the reality of today, uh, but also to be to be moving towards this 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 new and that, that that's a skill I think that's a skill that's going to be enormously uh, important in the in the future is this ability to yeah. to manage this ambiguity and this often this moral ambiguity as well huh? because yes. you can never be hundred percent hundred percent good um, so um, yeah I think I think it's it's um, it it is very significant and it's you know like very often I think it's a huge uh, it's a, it's a leadership thing. Uh, it's really a big, big, big leadership uh, again challenge and opportunity to do really great um, to do really great things. Yeah, that's true. So we're going to wrap up the podcast just before we get to our ending three questions. What about challenges and blind spots that you would say marketers need to be aware of as they as they really take this proposition of sustainability on? Um, I mean, something very simple, um, because I see often mistakes are made there, is not everything that is sustainability-driven is a benefit for your consumers. Uh, so admit that. Um, and, and also resist the kind of urge to tell them everything you do, because 
there's, there's a lot of things yeah. that you do they don't yeah. really care about huh, to yeah. be uh, to be really honest so which doesn't mean you shouldn't do it do it huh? you should absolutely do it but but you don't have to say about so to say everything yeah. and and the other way around and that is a mistake i see in more social enterprises or sustainability driven enterprises don't believe that because you do things that are fantastic and and right and 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 you know very high on sustainability that this by definition will sell uh, yes people will like it uh, but I, I say that with you know pink belgian again uh, back to chocolate i say that sometimes to, to chocolate companies I, I love it that you do fair trade that you care for cocoa farmers um, please keep doing that, but but don't forget you're selling chocolate. So you're selling joy, you're selling luxury, you're selling moments of relaxation, you're selling pleasure. Yeah. You're not selling uh, a solution to poverty. Uh, so uh, it's not because you're sustainably driven that you shouldn't think about you know benefits that are maybe not directly yeah. uh, linked to uh, to sustainability. Uh, and that's a lot of social enterprises, I think, or some of them fail. Because they believe that being socially driven is going to make them successful as such, uh, which is not necessarily um, necessarily the the the, the case. Um, so that's part, one yeah, part that's of your question. Really I don't know if that answers your question. But it does. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's a really strong point. We we notice that with um, so where you source is like you know where you source your cotton if you sell clothes or, or materials and stuff like that seem to. They seem to make their way up to a lot of uh, websites, top of the page. Yeah. You know? And and we, you know, we pointed out that, you know, this should be a given. You know, yeah. if you are a decent ethical organization, it should be a given that you check that the the labor, the you know, that you have ethical labor policies and your supply chains are treating people fairly. Your customers, they don't need to know this because they will not purchase item A over per item B because of this as their number one priority, will they? They have mm. a whole list of other needs as to why they're going to purchase it. Yeah, and I think, absolutely. I think we have to balance that out with, as you say, if you're selling chocolate, sell the chocolate, but know with a with a good conscience that what you're buying is either doing good or preventing bad from happening. And I think it's trying to get that message through to people, isn't it? And talk about yeah, it in absolutely. a way that's relatable. So, Nicholas, we do like to ask our guests the same three questions at the end of every podcast. So our first question to you is, can marketing save the planet or the world as per the title of your <laughs> Or humanity. Or humanity. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it can, uh, it will not do it, you know, it will not be enough. Uh, so it will need other, other many other things, but uh, but it can definitely help provided marketing is really um, questioning it itself uh, and its practices very very deeply uh, and um, and also as I said uh, we will not as humanity save the world or the planet without marketing that I'm absolutely uh, that I'm absolutely sure of fantastic and what do you hope business looks like in 10 years time? I hope um, somehow it's more peaceful. Uh, <laughs> you get that a lot, you know, so many. Yeah, I don't yes. know why. I mean, it's just yeah. a thing of, you know, and also I, I really like this idea of um, um, I make in my book the distinction between what I call predatory marketing and 
I don't know if it works in English, but kind of benevolent marketing. Yes. Of really yeah. this re this real idea of empathy, of really doing things yeah. because you genuinely care about people and their well being, uh, about your 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 even your customers uh, and their well being, uh, and genuinely, um, and and you know stopping to push things down their throat just because you want a bigger share of wallet. Yeah. Uh, I think it's very important. And if you were to give one piece of advice to people getting started with sustainable marketing, what would it be? I would just we 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 like as marketer to to look at we like kind of holistic uh, you know frameworks and and things that fit it. My first piece of advice, and it's very, I'm sorry, it's a bit dry and dull, but it's just to realize, you know, sustainability and marketing, that they're two different things. They need to work together, absolutely, and be integrated. And this is my call. But but first understand that these are two different things. Because if you don't get that, um, and if you don't get that sustainability, it's very often, it's, it's the stuff of, you know, engineers and scientists, and it's hard stuff. Uh, uh, it's measuring things. It's, you know, measuring, you know, CO2 emissions, revenues of farmers, uh, and so on. Just realizing that, um, and that this is something that is for you so far, and it was for me as a marketeer, that is a blind spot. Uh, and, and really looking at that uh, in the eyes, really understanding, without understanding all the technicalities. Eh? Yeah. Uh, and then look at your stuff marketing and see how, the, how they can both um, help each other. Yeah, because it's you know they 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 do actually help each other, don't they? If you look at something like cause marketing, cause marketing is supporting a cause and then you know and something and having a, a positive social impact. But at the same time, it can improve your brand reputation. It can sell more products, and it, it can absolutely give you as a marketer so much more to talk about in your narrative to your customers, can't it? So they do have sustainable benefits and they do have commercial benefits and it's about that i think it's about balance isn't it we're, we're over consuming uh, it's about you know everything. menage à trois and making sure the menage à trois exactly. works exactly um, even if it's not without the challenges yeah <laughs> yeah i like i really like that that they're so separate but they are so inextricably linked they have to work together yeah way, whether you like it or not yeah. uh, better if you like it yeah uh, but they have to work together and they don't always do it and it's a it's no. such a big opportunity well, we are where we are because they haven't worked together so yeah absolutely no, no, exactly no. exactly it's all and it's interesting because Gemma and I as I'm sure for yourself Nicholas you know are invited into organizations for give talk and often it's the global sustainability officer or it's the you know it's the, the sustainability lead that is saying can you come in and talk to the marketers because they're probably going to listen more to a marketer than they are to me um because you're going to be able to speak their language and i'm speaking science and as you said oh. these elements and so it, there is this communication it's almost like interpretation of how do we now interpret interpret yeah, this absolutely again yeah. empathy empathy it's yeah. about we if we if you see our uh, role as as you know yeah Speaking to marketeers, we have to do good marketing to marketeers. And so it's understanding yeah. your, their insights and motivations, uh, yeah. what drives them and, um, and, and, and making them sustainability relevant, uh, relevant to them and resonating uh, with, uh, with them. So that's, uh, yeah. which as such is a. So where can our listeners find out more about your work and indeed your book? Well, um, 
I'm afraid it's only available in French, so, <laughs> but it's it's very easy to find um, online. Indeed, it's available on all the. We'll make sure there's there. a link to that. Yeah, we'll put all the links. Uh, I have a website which is called it's nicolaslambert.org, and there you can download uh, 14. Um, the fourteen principles, yes. uh, the fourteen levers in. What, what I perceive to be English, it's more kind of globish. Uh, so, uh, but it should be understandable to a, to a broad audience. Um, and, um, and then also, you know, in the Belgian Association of Marketing, uh, we, we have this think tank where we publish, we do podcasts, we do, uh, green papers, we do articles. Some of them are, uh, in, um, in, uh, in English as well. And it's easy to find. It's on um, marketing.be. So uh, there you have you have to to make an account, but there's a, there's a possibility to make a free account. Yeah, brilliant. We'll make sure all of those links are in the show notes when this podcast um, is shared to our listeners. So um, fantastic. Thank you so much, Nicholas. I've thoroughly enjoyed having that conversation. That was really enjoyable to speak to you, uh, to both of you, and to you know, it's. I mean, it's not such a an easy topic and um, and it's great to 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 you know f- because it's about change sometimes it feels a little bit lonely um so talking to uh, speaking with like-minded people is um uh, uh yeah it gives me a lot of energy fantastic well we're all in it together <laughs>